Hey guys, welcome to the Learn Feng Shui podcast, where you'll learn feng shui from a classical point of view, taking out the myth and superstition. So if you're interested in learning feng shui, Chinese astrology, all things Chinese metaphysics, as well as the superstitions and myths that connect it all, you'll enjoy learning feng shui with me. Hey guys, let's take a look at the energy for July. All right, guys, going into July. This July, we're going to experience the energy of the earth goat. So we're getting a lot of earth energy, which we'll talk about here in just a minute and what that means for us. But uh, remember that when the month starts, it overlaps just a little bit into the next month. So remember, just like the lunar new year is not, it doesn't correspond with the solar new year. There's uh, also a solar cycle that is considered, and that is the cycle that starts the new animal cycle. So this month that starts on July 7th and uh, it's that first 15 day solar cycle of energy. Remember there's two each month and that goes through July 22nd and that first cycle of the Jet Chi cycle is called the Jet Cycle and it is lesser heat. The second solar cycle called the Chi is uh, the 22nd through August 7th. And so um, remember when we're looking at the start of each month, they kind of uh, break the month down into two separate solar cycles called the Jechi cycle, and they're kind of thought of as a little micro season. And so back when they named them, of course, the farmers would um, kind of observe nature and they would just take the things that they saw in nature and um, around that time of year and that's what they named these cycles and so as you can tell from the lesser heat and the greater heat names, this really is the time of year where we experience the most heat. All right, so again, this July, we experienced the month of the Earth Goat, and it really is one of those months that does show how our energy will interact with a pure element. So this month is going to be the pure element of Earth. So that on that top, uh, what's called the heavenly stem is going to be the Earth energy, and of course, the goat is the energy of Earth, and it's the ending of the summer season. So remember that the end of each season does end with a earth element, whether it's a yin or yang earth element. And the goat is a yin earth element. So this month we get the month of the yin earth goat. And so I'm um, really, it just, I feel, feel like it's going to be a little bit of a reprieve from all the fire energy we've really been experiencing the past couple months. Um, for me personally, it has not interacted well for me and I've been very stressed out. Um, so, but that doesn't mean that it's going to be like that for everybody. So, um, I think the earth energy will, although it will bring in a little bit more grounding, you know, kind of cool us down a little bit from maybe the tempers we've been experiencing, maybe feel a little bit more stable and maybe a little bit just nurtured or nurturing. It just kind of adds a little bit of a sense of stability. So, you know, that's what the earth element uh, represents is um, just kind of that stable grounding energy. So for me personally, I think that'll be a little bit of a, a kind of calming down, especially since these past uh, few months have really just been a lot of fire energy. So if you feel like things have been a little chaotic with the fire energy, I think you can really look forward to how this earth energy will interact with our personal energy. So our feng shui focus for the month, I feel like is going to be represented in that earth energy as like a nurturing, caring energy. So remember, I mean, again, it's a time of year where we feel hot, we're irritable, you know, we're, we're ready for some kind of change or pray from the heat, right? We just 
we need it. And so I think that um, the earth energy, again, is just going to come in and be a little bit more compassionate, caring, and um, things like that. And so, again, when we think of even just the symbolism of the goat, the sheep, whatever, that horned animal, we tend to think of like a loving, caring, little little fuzzy guy, right? Uh, especially if, if you relate that zodiac sign instead of like to a goat to like a sheep, you know, just a caring, loving, little, kind little guy, right? And so I think when we think about the, the month being the earth energy, um, it's also related to the Southwest. The the uh, sheep or the goat zodiac sign resides in the Southwest, which represents that mother energy, that mothering uh, energy, mother earth, caring, compassion. And so again, I just think if we make it a focus for the month to just kind of be caring, compassionate, even if we feel short-tempered or if somebody gets short-tempered with us, I think that can go a long way. All right, guys, let's get into the Zodiac forecast for the month. All right, and so when we look at our Zodiac forecast, kind of just before we start and what it means, uh, remember you can have four different Zodiac animals. So it's uh, called a four pillars of destiny chart or a Zodiac of sign chart, you know, the um, Bozzy chart. So you, I'm going to link that below. You can definitely go to the website, calculate after Zodiac signs. That's all the information you need for, for this. And so you do have a Zodiac sign for the year you're born, the month you're born, the day you're born, and even the hour you're born. If you don't know the time, it's perfectly okay. There's a little box you can tick that uh, gives you the option to do it without the hour. It just takes a little bit of a component away. Maybe you, maybe you just don't know, you know, what your Zodiac sign is for the hour you're born. Okay, and so when we look at the year, that re that represents like social circle, friends, your community around you, things that are going on around you. Um, and sometimes that clash, if there's a clash with the year or an opposing zodiac sign for that, for your year animal, sometimes you can feel a, a large impact, okay? And so for the month, that does represent your career and your parental relationships. For the day, that represents your health, your relationships, and uh, really the way you see yourself. And the hour, that represents your thoughts, feelings, emotions, and relationship with children. If you are a superior in your workplace, that could represent your, like the people you manage also. Basically saying it's going to impact that area of your life, if that makes sense. Okay, so to start out, let's start out with the goat. So we'll start with the Thai soy or the animal sign that governs the month, which is that goat. And again, sometimes this term is kind of interchangeable with like a sheep or a ram. Um, same thing, okay, same thing. So again, just kind of anytime you see that animal sign that's in your natal chart and then it's present for the month or the year, it can kind of feel like you're more seen or visible. That's just what the Grand Duke kind of does. So this energy... Um, it really just um, uh, means that maybe you're just more visible. But remember that there is a lot of different uh, energy for the, the year with the goat. There's different stars at the beginning of the year. I do like a zodiac forecast that talks about uh, which stars are present for the sign. And so every year, of course, we get like a different set of what is called uh, auxiliary stars, right? And so there's a couple different stars that will benefit you during this time. There's an energy that's with you for the, this year, the entire year, that really can kind of turn any negative into positives. So it kind of flips that around. So if you feel like maybe things aren't going well for you um, this month in particular, but even throughout the year, um, it, you're really going to be, I think, pleasantly surprised or just, you know, not stress out about it too much because 
there is the energy that if something seemingly is going wrong, it's going to feel better and it's going to pick up for you. And maybe it'll turn it around to where things are, you know, turning around for you. It'll be right. Okay. And so also the presence of sky happiness star does mean that there's a possibility of celebration and events, especially for this month. So really enjoy those. Okay. All right, so if you have the pig or the rabbit, or maybe you have both, maybe you have the pig and the rabbit, uh, it combines and it will transform the energy of the goat into wood. It's called a wood frame or the wood trio. So, um, you know, it just kind of depends on how wood impacts you. So growth, self-awareness, expansion are all things that are represented by the wood energy. So um, again, if you have any like liver issues, any... Um, Thing, anything like that. So if you're having um, some issues with your uh, digestion, liver and stuff like that, you might want to slow down a little bit. Maybe you want to go ahead and, um, you know, change your diet a little bit for the month. I would suggest that. And it can also represent aggression and anger. So do be cautious that if you already have like an excess of wood energy, that you're not getting like overly aggressive, angry, you know, overstimulated, things like that. So the harmony animal with the goat is the horse. And so I kind of talked about that uh, last month, but the horse combining with the goat does make the element of fire. But I have heard it called the sun and the moon, which is supposed to be bringing noble people into your life. And so um, it's just supposed to help you bring, you know, troubleshoot. It may be a good month to help find solutions if problems present themselves. Or if you've been trying to find the problem, you know, uh, um, not the problem. If you've been trying to find a solution to your problem, it might be a month that somebody comes along to help. So just uh, that'll be good for you. And so also if you are one that benefits from the element of fire, this will just kind of continue on that fire energy for you until it wanes off for August. All right. And then there, of course, is the seasonal combination. So seasonal combination is the three zodiac signs that make up the element of a certain season. So of course, for right now, it's going to be summer because it's, you know, we're in the summer season. And so the snake, the horse, and the goat all make up the uh, the seasonal combination of fire or summer. And so if you have the snake or the horse or even both, that's um, going to form a little bit of a combination there. And this really is the most, um, like the strongest combination or like the most prominent one, the one that'll dominate all the other combinations in your zodiac chart. And so, um, that's, that's just kind of what occurs. So if you have the other zodiac signs, but you have a snake and a horse or a snake or just a horse, that means that it's probably going to be more a little bit dominant on that fire energy. And so it just kind of depends on how fire does affect you. But to me, I feel like um, fire really is going to be that transformational energy. And so again, if you've been benefiting from the fire energy, let that just kind of continue on into the month. And of course, if fire is your wealth element, then that can benefit you greatly. You can kind of see different um, financial opportunities kind of present themselves or like good opportunities will present themselves during this time. So uh, take advantage of that. And the energy directly opposing for the month, which is generally referred to as the soy po or the, it's it, usually that'd be called the year breaker, but this is the month breaker because it directly opposes the energy that's governing the month. And that is the ox. So um, if you think about like a clock face and the ox would sit at about one o'clock, right? And the 
a goat would sit at like seven o'clock. So if you think about it that way, they're directly in opposition to each other. And so that just means that there can be some change on the horizon for you for the month. So again, you just kind of experience that clash. If you feel like it's too much energy going on and you want to take away that clash, you can actually activate um, the north area of your home, which is governed by the rat. And so if you activating a uh, uh, like a combining energy. So remember the ox and the rat or what are their harmony. They, they're in harmony with each other. And so they, they uh, you know, complement each other. And so this will actually take away your clash. Uh, but remember, you do have to activate the area that is located directly north too. So remember each section of your home, each sector, as it were, you know, the north actually has three different little subsections and the north sits directly in the center of the north at what is called north two. So I know it's a lot of information, especially if you're very new to feng shui or you're just coming to get a quick zodiac uh, forecast. So again, reach out to me if you feel like you don't know where to find this energy and you want to activate it or, you know, something like that. So I, I'm pretty friendly guys reach out. I do free energy mappings of the home. I can point out where exactly North two is in your home and uh, we can just, you know, I'll, I'll email that back to you, you know, no problem guys. I want to be able to help you. So if you have ever have any questions about anything on the energy update, always feel free to message me. I get a lot of questions. So sometimes I take a little bit of time to respond, but I always respond. Okay. So don't be shy. All right. Jumping in to flying stars for the month of July. All right. Looking at the flying stars for the month. So the best sectors really, um, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Let me kind of start off by just saying that each month there's some sectors that have really good flying stars. There's some sectors that have okay flying stars or they're not they're super usable in this sector, if that makes sense. And then of course we have like the crap flying stars that are going to cause some issues. And so sometimes they fall in a palace where they're not causing a lot of issues and we don't really need to you know, kind of worry too much about them. But let's start off by looking at the best sectors, which is going to be the north. So after the north being really un un unable to activate for the month of June, uh, because it had that, uh, you know, month breaker energy, had that uh, opposing energy, um, the, the north is good. So I like the north. It has that number eight wealth flying star there. Of course, we like that. Remember, it does bring in hard work and accumulation. And so sometimes that means putting in extra hours at work. You know, maybe you want to activate that area um, or you want to, you know, maybe accumulate some assets. It's a really good uh, time to activate that north area. And remember, you can activate that with the fan, water, a movement in the area, or just using that sector. <clears throat> So the Northeast, the Northeast is again, the number six luck star is going to fall there. So when the six falls in the Northeast, remember the Northeast, it's the natal palace of the eight stars where the eight star comes from representing like a mountain. And that's why it represents accumulating assets. And so kind of the same thing for the Northeast, you know, it has that number eight, uh, uh, energy just kind of natally to it and so when the six goes in there I mean it can it can be pretty good and it can be used for establishing authority in your field of work you could use the sector to work in but I would not uh, really activate the sector since it does have the yearly flying star of seven which can you know maybe cause a little bit of communication issues so um, do be diligent when you work in the area but I think all in all it's pretty good just to work there all right, so some of the neutral sectors are really kind of going to be like that Southwest, that's 
uh, the south and kind of the the east okay and so those sectors they are again they're areas that may have like kind of a good flying star for the month but landing in those sectors is some other energies you're not really going to want to activate so those are kind of neutral i don't love the southwest this year because it has uh what is called the five tiger shaw which we'll get to in a second and the five tiger shaw you know whereas other energies are activated by renovation or maybe they're just like flying stars are activated by movement right the five tiger shaw can be activated by both and so it can be a little bit tricky and a little bit volatile if it is activated negatively and so just don't don't do a lot in those sectors don't like overly activate them general use is fine i mean my front door falls in the south with the other part of the five tiger shawl and i mean my year has been quite fine you know so really just kind of activating um the area is not recommended but general use of the area is totally quite fine and probably the worst of the flying stars, we always follow that five star, which is called the disaster star or the star of instability. And again, that's activated by movement. And so if you're using the sector and especially if it's like a bedroom or something, you maybe you're going to want to put like your Wulu gourd in there. People like to, to use those, especially for health um, and to, for that instability star. And so you can use that or you can use regular metal. If you have metal weights, you can slip those somewhere in your room or you can alternatively do six coins you know that are that are tied with a string to represent uh, the yang metal and that heaven hexagram okay so you can totally do that put that in the west my bedroom's in the west i'll be doing that this month but other than that you know we can't really avoid it all the time like you don't have to move out of your room or anything just if you're an important areas in the west then you know place a feng shui cure out okay um the southeast is it does have the number two illness star i don't really see uh, too big of an issue with this energy uh, unless you're sleeping in the area and the same kind of prescription that we do for the five star you know the wulu gourd the uh, the the metal to kind of cut that earth energy but i don't love the metal in the southeast i will say and so i don't recommend putting it there uh you know, if you've, if you've already got it, then you can do that. But remember the Southeast, the natal energy for that sector is wood. And so we don't want to counter that by putting in metal energy, although we'll control that earth energy. What we want to do is probably just do a saltwater cure or your Wulu gourd. Okay. So not a big deal for flying stars. Um, you know, again, just some of the most usable ones are it's going to just be the North Northeast and the probably crap one is going to be in the West for the month. Again, I have all this information on my blog post. So if you want to go look at that or look at the activation, because I do have um, like dates for activations for the month that you could activate that north sector if you'd like to. And again, if you need help finding that area in your home, you can always message me and I'll mark it for you sectors we want to avoid renovation in for the month are of course going to be the south and the southwest with that wuji or that five tiger shaw avoid renovations there the west southwest and northwest um, very specific areas so if you want to do renovations in the area um, we can you know pinpoint a, a space you know and make sure it's not hitting on one of those uh, what is called the yearly san shaw or the three killings and so that tends to activate and that will or can cause like illness loss of money or losing something and so we don't want to do that and so if you need to renovate those sectors um 
you know, I would suggest a feng shui consultation beforehand. Um, the east sector, of course, is the highest way for the year. And in this, um, this month, the northeast, where the ox area is, is going to be the month breaker. So avoid digging renovations and uh, things like that in these sectors for the month. Let's take a quick sponsor break. And after the break for Folklore Friday, we're going to talk about those two jechi or micro seasons that I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, lesser heat and greater heat. So as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, um, when I talk about those jechi cycles, those really are little micro seasons that kind of mark each month. And so again, each month we have two micro seasons and they're called the, the 24 solar terms or the 24 jechi. And obviously there's two in each month, right? Two for, for the for the 12 months, which makes 24 solar cycles. And when the new solar cycle starts, uh, which is the beginning of spring, that does mark the beginning of the official new year and the new animal sign that comes in. And so for this month, I talked about the fact that it's a minor heat, a major heat, or a lesser heat and greater heat, and that it's really the hottest time of the year. And it's also the seasons that fall directly in the middle of that 24 uh, solar terms. And so looking at minor heat or lesser heat, um, some of the things that mark the lesser heat are going to be the start of the monsoon season in China. And so it really is the time of year where they get the most rainfall. And uh, one of the things you can kind of think about is kind of how your area is. We don't tend to get a lot of rainfall here in, in West Texas. And so it's not really a, a time that is marked by rainfall. It's actually a time that's marked by scorching dry heat that kills everything. <laughs> And so it might be a little bit opposite for you. I know some areas do tend to get a little monsoony or flash floods during this time. Um, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. So um, again, these are uh, local observances. So kind of think about what you observe in your um, your part of the world at this time of year, and you will notice the same thing occur around each, you know, the same time each year, just like here we get what are called June bugs, which are just the brown beetles. And I swear the first of June every year, they start popping out, you know? And so just, it's kind of like that, just little local traditions that you'll notice at the same time each year. And again, uh, with the, the lesser heat, uh, it's the start of the, that monsoon season. And they actually kind of break it down into three different micro micro seasons. And so they're uh, three different markings and they usually last about five days at notes here. And so I'm going to put all these links in the show notes if you want to read about it yourself. But they're about five days long each. So hence the 15 days. Um, the first one is marked by an intense heat wave, it says here. And then crickets, like crickets will start appearing and hatching. And then the third one is eagles soaring uh, high in the sky. So they start soaring higher and teaching their young to hunt and also avoid kind of getting out in that super, you know, the super hot atmosphere and kind of going up towards a little bit cooler levels because obviously the air cools as you get a little bit higher in the sky. So 
they'll also notice fireflies, but that's kind of marked by both the seasons here. And some of the traditions are going to be uh, wearing jasmine in the hair. Uh, one of the things that it kind of noted that I thought was comical was that um, they usually did this because of the need to smell better. <laughs> and so since it's such a time of intense heat, you know, you're sweating more. And so it was it said here that women would kind of just tie jasmine in their hair. That way when the breeze hit, it would kind of carry the smell and kind of cover up the, the sweaty smell from the intense heat and moisture. Uh, moisture the humidity <laughs> um, and of course another one they would do to kind of cool off it would be fishing and so uh, fish remember also is kind of a cooler food so uh, one of the things that it notes here is that lesser heat is followed by greater heat and it says that uh, it's kind of referred to as steaming you and then boiling you <laughs> so they'll get the monsoons and then the weather turns intense heat for greater heat and uh, of course very humid depending on what part of the world you live in now looking at the 12th solar term of major heat or greater heat so as it states this really is the hottest time of year um, and it also, it's also the solar term that falls directly in the middle so we're right at the midway point of the year um, it's also the beginning of typhoon season and rainfall increasing during this time just kind of depending on where you live uh, and they really do depend on that to help out with the crop growth because it can get pretty crispy pretty quick. Um, yeah, so being a little backyard gardener myself, I know that my plants really struggle this time of year and everything really starts kind of drying out. If I don't, I mean, even watering it, it really needs that rainfall. And so the three kind of micro micro seasons that occur during this time, remember they all just occur in the little five day window of time. Uh, one's called rotten grass reincarnating as fireflies. And so fireflies do start to appear. I'm just assuming that they will kind of lay their eggs in old grass. And that's why it's called that, you know, like grass clippings or whatever. And then of course, then they start to uh, appear. We don't have fireflies in my part of Texas. Um, but I remember seeing them as a kid and I, I really uh, liked them. <laughs> so uh, you might notice more fireflies appearing during this time. Um, the second one is hot and humid, where it is just hot and humid. <laughs> and then the third one pretty kind of speaks for itself. And they refer to that as pouring rain. So there's not really a lot of traditions that kind of encompass this time of year. Um you know, they're really just kind of would probably trying to survive and just, you know, survive the heat and keep their crops afloat. Right. Um, so one of the cool things, though, that it does kind of note that they did. Uh, I'm just going to read straight directly from the Beijinger.com. And of course, I'll link in the show notes here. It says villagers living in coastal regions of the Xinjiang province would build a dashu boat during the solar term to show their gratitude to the god of of diseases for not disrupting their lives at the time when one's immune system is put to the test. The boat was a replica of a traditional three-masted ship, only much smaller in size and loaded with offerings for the gods. Usually a parade was held in the village and the ship was carried to the coast with people who recently recovered from the disease joining the procession to show their thanks. All of this will culminate in skilled captains navigating the ship into open waters and then abandoning it. Alternatively, the villagers would burn the ship in the ocean, symbolizing the gods' acceptance of their wishes and gratitude. So I just thought that was pretty interesting. They would make an offering up to the uh, sea gods, you know, 
and the god of disease. I'm not sure why that also um, kind of encompasses, you know, put, putting the boat out there. I'm not really sure what the connection is there. So if you know, then shoot me an email, you know. <laughs> so uh, another thing that they did was just kind of for both uh cycles you know since it's so hot was just eat those cooling foods and drink cooling teas and I kind of mentioned this on um, the episode where I talked about staying healthy during the summer months where we eat you know cooler foods it's very yang hot energy so we want to put a little bit of you know take take some of that away you know so we don't overheat and of course adding electrolytes to our body during this time of year you know water obviously will do that but just adding some other things that can add a little bit of the salts and stuff that we sweat out. So cooling foods and teas. And for them, really, that includes watermelon, the honeysuckle tea. And I'm, I'm going to throw this one in there, coconut water, because I know the coconut water does, you know, kind of have some natural electrolytes and it's very hydrating and cooling. So anyway, you guys have uh, the information here to kind of cool down and survive the rest of the summer months. All right, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Again, if you want to check anything out that I mentioned here on the show, if you want to know what your four zodiac signs are, if you need help finding anything on your floor plan, please just shoot me a message. And I do have links to the zodiac calculator, so that should be pretty easy to find on the website. Yeah, direct any feng shui questions. I do have a call in line link or a QA link also. So, I mean, you can utilize those if you don't feel like emailing me directly. So, feel free to do that, especially if you listen on Spotify, because that's that's where those links will go. So <laughs> you guys have an amazing weekend and I'll catch you guys next week. I'm really excited about next week's episode of a special guest. And we're going to talk about Taoist of Feng Shui, which is a very interesting conversation and just kind of different than anything I've ever really heard about with feng shui um although incorporating techniques that i i've heard about so uh pretty interesting stuff going on there so come back next week for um, janet louie as a special guest talking about taoist feng shui for a free energy mapping of your floor plan please check the link in the show notes to support today's podcast go to learnfengshui.com Sign up for emails, leave a review, and share with your family and friends.